Welcome to Beyond the Walls with Jeremy Thomas. Today we have a small taste, an appetizer, a short snippet of one of Jeremy's recent teachings covering the key point or key doctrine from that sermon. It's a short, easy to digest, and encouraging sample from a bigger lesson. We hope you enjoy it. So let's go to James 2. Okay. Both of these are passages uh, the Matthew and the James, where people say, well, you have to have the right works. If you don't have the right works, you're a false believer. Or you're just a professing believer. Uh, here in a few weeks, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about lordship salvation because that's what's underlying a lot of these uh, manipulations of the Scripture. It's a certain theological viewpoint. Um, okay, this is the one that's really controversial, right? James 2, 14 through 26. So I've prompted you a couple weeks on this in advance. Now I want to take you through it. This is the one that, you know, Martin Luther discovered Romans, right? And he was reading Romans and he, he concluded that, hey, we're, we're justified before God by faith. And then he came to James and it talks about, a, you know, works. And he said, ah, this is a right straw epistle, right? He felt like, you know, James was not on the top tier of canonical books. He actually put it in a fourth tier. Um, which is interesting because fourth tier in college is not a very good school, right? <laughs> you want to go to like one or two maybe, you know, but I don't know about three or four. You know, I'm just saying. Just, you can see what he was doing. I'm trying to point out what he was doing. He's saying, this isn't a very, this epistle is kind of, eh. Okay, it was because of this passage, okay? So what is this passage teaching? Okay, the passage is not about evaluating your works to see if you have eternal salvation. It's not about that at all. Never has been, never will be. It's about the importance of a person who already has eternal salvation, living by faith, that produces works. Okay? Now, this is very clear because if you look at chapter 1, verse 18, these people have already been regenerated. Verse 18, In the exercise of his will he brought us forth by the word of truth, so that we would be a kind of firstfruits among his creatures. You know, these are clearly believers. Verse 16, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Well, brethren, you know, obviously believers. Uh, one nineteen. this you know, my beloved brethren. And then he starts to tell them how to be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, which are all instructions for believers. <laughs> um, chapter 2, verse 1, my brethren. Do not hold your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of personal favoritism. It's just practical living. You know, don't play favorites. Right? But always, this, this is all for believers. And then he says in verse 14, What use is it, my brethren? You know, the exact same people. Right? Which clearly, they're saved people. See, this, is, this whole passage is not about tense one, you know, your past salvation, which is called justification. It's about your present salvation. It's about your sanctification. It's about a Christian living by faith and having good works come out of that. So I'm going to walk through it a little bit and uh, point out a few things. It's not a detailed class on James 2, but hopefully enough to see the point. Okay. Um, notice in verse 14, what use is it? which is a word of like value or profit. What profit is it, my brethren, if someone says 
he has faith. In this case, he's talking about living by faith, but he has no works. If someone says it, notice the word says, you'll see that a lot in here. Someone says, oh yeah, I'm living by faith. I'm living the Christian life. Oh yeah, well what practical works are there? Is there any, what value is that if you don't have any practical work? You say you're living by faith, but you know, there's no practical works you know, that come out of that. Don't you think there should be some? Well, of course there should be. It says, can that faith save him? There's that word save. Save from what, right? Well, he's already been regenerated. <laughs> so he can't be talking about being saved from the penalty of sin. He must be talking about being saved from the power of sin in our lives as Christians, which is what he's talking about. Then he gives a practical illustration. If a brother or a sister, you know, if another believer comes along and they're without clothing and in the need of daily food and one of you says, Notice, says. It's always this person, whoever this is, is, always saying things. They don't really live it. They're just saying they're living it. One of you says, oh, go in peace. Be warmed and be filled. And, and yet you don't give them what is necessary for their body. What use is, there it is again, what use is that? What profit is that? There's no value to it, right? You know, what you should have done is give them a coat or give them shelter or give them food, Right? That would actually be of some use. That would be practical works coming out of a person who's living by faith, right? But the person says they're living by faith, but ah, ah. go in peace, be warm, be well. Ah, that's, there's no use to that. Even so, he says, conclusion, verse 17, faith, if it has no works, is dead being by itself. Dead meaning it, it does, there's no value to it. It's just a corpse. No value. I mean, you can say you're living by faith, but... There's nothing good works that come out of that, then what value is that? What purpose is that? Nothing. Uh, verse 18, then, but someone may say, remember, it's not may well say. I pointed this out a few weeks ago. The well was added by the, the translator of the original. That, this is actually a debater's phrase. It's used in Romans 9.19, used in Romans 11.19, and used in 1 Corinthians 15.35. All four cases in the New Testament where this is used are to introduce an opponent to the author. The author is James. James wants to introduce his opponent. And he's saying, okay, but someone will say, you know, debate stage, one on this side of the stage, one on that side of the stage. This is his opponent on the other side of the stage. So everything in verse 18 and 19 is coming out of the mouth of an opponent of James. Okay, so whatever is said here is against James. And this is where most people are confused on this passage. And that's why it has critical text issues. Because people have tried to work this into James's argument. And uh, it doesn't work because it's not James's argument. <laughs> it's the other guy's argument. Okay? So I have, I have to brush by a lot of this. But basically what the opponent is saying is that you can have faith that does not have practical works. Okay? And he's trying to prove that from the demon. Okay, remember verse 20, uh, or verse 19, you believe that God is one, you do well. Hey, the demons also believe that, and they shudder. See, there's no good works that come forth from a demon. Yet they believe something, that God is one, but there's no practical application to that that's good. That's what the, the opponent is saying. And James is saying, oh, no, 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 it's not, that's not true. If you are living by faith, there will be practical works that come out of that. That is James's argument. Okay, so all the, but all this is talking about sanctification anyway. Okay, as we'll see, the two examples he uses are both believers. Abraham and Rahab were both believers when they were challenged with a difficult situation in life. 
They've been, been believers for years. Okay, so this is, this is faith, living by faith, the whole passage. So let's keep going. Okay, verse 20. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow? Okay, that's the opponent, right? James is saying, hey, look, are you will-? he's now starting to speak to the opponent. And he's saying, hey, that's foolish. You realize that, right? Faith without works is useless. Are you willing to recognize that? If you can say you have faith, but if you don't have any practical works to come out of that, what value is that? It's just useless, see? That's the truth. That's truth. Okay, that's James's point. That's the truth. Now, he turns to his first example in verse 21 in Abraham, right? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? Now, I hope you say, yes, he was, okay, because he was justified by works. You say, no, 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 you can't say that. That's against justification by faith alone, okay? This is why when Luther saw this, he said, oh, this is a straw epistle, because this contradicts what Paul said in Romans 4. That's what Luther said. The thing is, is that justification by works does not contradict what Paul said in Romans 4. Because we haven't asked the right question yet. Justified before whom? Justification by works is before men, but it is never before God. Justification before God is always by faith alone. Hold your place and just look at Romans 4. We're talking about who, what audience are you being justified before? God or man? <laughs> Romans chapter 4, verse 1. Paul says, What then shall we say that Abraham our forefather according to the flesh is found? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before who? God. That's right, because justification by works is not is not please God. That he's not he doesn't that's that's not going to work. Okay? Because justification by faith is the only thing that credits us righteousness with God. Verse 3, what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. So see justification before God is by faith, faith alone. Okay? But there is implied by verse 2 a justification by works, okay? It's just not before God, okay? And so there are two justifications. In, cha- in chapter 2, James 2, 21, he's implying, yes, there is a justification by works. And uh, Abraham, you know, enjoyed that type of justification when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar. Okay. He says, verse 22, you see that faith was working with his works, and as a result of the works, faith was perfected, or better, met its goal. Okay? When we live by faith, the result, the goal, is good works. Okay? And that's what happened when he offered up Isaac in Genesis 22. You know? um, verse 23, and now what's interesting, he says, the scripture was fulfilled, which says, and Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Well, that's back in Genesis 15. The event with Isaac is Genesis 22. It's something like 50 years later. Um, but what he says in verse 23 is that the scripture that Abraham was justified by faith before God, met its fulfillment in the event of Isaac 50 years later. How did it meet its fulfillment? Because that's why we're justified before God in the first place. It's not just to be justified and just stand there like a tree. It's to actually have a practical outworking of that in our Christian life. And that's what happened at the Isaac event 50 years later. He wasn't justified before God with Isaac 50 years later. That happened in Genesis 15 when he believed God. But 
the justification by faith was for a purpose. It's that in the world of men, we would just be justified before them by our works. And so it's very practical, right? Thank you for joining us today on Beyond the Walls with Jeremy Thomas. If you found the lesson insightful, please consider subscribing below so that you don't miss any additional teachings from Jeremy. And if you're looking for additional resources or additional formats, links are in the description below. But above all, we want you to be encouraged and exhorted by the very Word of God. We hope that Jeremy is opening it up to you in a way that makes it even more understandable than what you've known in the past. So until next time, take care.